Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. Moving forward, hey? And I'm coming up here just because there's a few people that are a little shorter that couldn't see me, so hey. I'm up here, hey everybody, now you can see me. How are we doing this morning? Man, don't we love Jesus? Man, we do. And I'm going to just call up my beautiful wife just for a quick moment. Come up, sweetie. We just want to quickly acknowledge Freedom Story. Yes, this past weekend was phenomenal. So why don't you just go and just give a quick hey about it. hey Well, I don't speak millennial, so I don't know what that is. But what I could say is we just want to say a big thank you to all you ladies for coming. I believe that that event was something God told us to do specifically. He even said that's what to call it. That's what to talk about. That's what all the workshops are supposed to be on. Freedom. So men, if you weren't there, I just want you to know that we as women, we took a step forward in our freedom stories. So you're welcome. But it was just a wonderful time. So ladies, I want to thank you for being there. I also want to say a huge thank you to Terry, our team member who headed up the event. Amazing. And everyone who served there. So thank you, ladies. And men, don't you worry. Your chance is coming at the end of April. So Absolutely. That's right. Thank you, sweetheart. Man, it was an awesome event. I just I saw the decor. I'm like, oh man, that looks amazing. And then well, us men, we're not, we're gonna, we have a we have a breakfast coming up at the end of the month, and uh, can we do the same decor? We'll just we'll just keep it all up for there. Just just bacon. We got bacon, and uh, we've got to put the scent out in the air, and that'll just bring every man from wherever corner. But man, we're so glad that you're here. As we said, we want to welcome you. If this is your first time here, you belong here, and we're so thrilled and glad that you came. And uh, this morning, we're starting something a little fresh. I mean, we just finished our series on Roots, which we took about three months to do. And uh, I, I'm so thrilled with that series. It's hard to stop, but, uh, but uh, uh, we have to. And I just know what the Lord wants to be doing for these next couple of weeks that we're going to be sharing. Just talking about impact heartbeat. And uh, so if, uh, if anybody here, does you guys have one of these heartbeat booklets? Anybody got one of these? All right, has anybody got one with them? This is the proof to true Christianity right here. Does anybody got one of these booklets with them? No, if you don't, if you want to just shoot up your hand, the ushers are ready to sprint to you because we want you just to see one of these and uh, just follow along with us. I mean, Terry, our own team member, this is just embarrassing. Here, Terry, this is for you. Well, yeah, don't get, don't get it wrong. But this is, uh, we just want to go over this because, you know, what we want to take the next little bit of time is what's been so cool to see, and I'm sure you all know and recognize but uh, our impact family has been growing. Uh, anybody notice that? Okay, wonderful. And we're so thrilled. And those that have just been coming in, maybe you've been here for a few weeks, we are so blessed and honored that you came to be part of this family. And we know that you were sent here by God. So you are a gift to us. You're a gift to this body. And so what we want to do is just take a little bit of time to really share what we are doing here at this church. I mean, the purpose again here, one of the things that the Lord really helped me see is we're never here to advocate Impact Life Church, Impact Life Church. No, we're here to advocate the Lord Jesus. We're here to show Him off, and we do that through the avenue of Impact Life Church. And so we want to just take a little bit of time about what the Lord has called this specific local family to do. And because if you're here, you want to be knowing what you're doing, what your tithes is going to, what your offerings have been going to. Because, I mean, I want to just say again, a big thank you for all those that have given in the past and you're continuing to sow and give. Man, it's just been amazing. And we want to just lay out real quickly what you've been giving towards. Anybody think that's important? Right? It's vital. Okay. And, uh, you know, so what we want to do is if you, if you have this heartbeat, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but I would encourage you, memorize it. 
Get it on the inside. Study this thing. Live this thing. For the way that we do it as a team is we are embodying this booklet. And how this booklet came, uh, I mean, this was right after, you know, we were talking about a transition service going on with Pastor John and Ingrid. And at the same time, we were excited, but at the same time, we were like, now what? What, what do you do? I mean, how, how, how do you go forward? What, what do you all want us to do? And so Jamie and I, we took about three or four days. We went to Canmore, Alberta. We just spent time praying together. We spent time just thinking, envisioning. I have a couple of journals that just say the church that we see and just talking and letting the Lord just download into us what he wants this church to go forward in. I mean, we have an amazing foundation laid. I just want to honor the past for a moment. Pastor John and Ingrid started this church in 1992 of April. And man, this, this, I'm so thankful for it that we're here. Mama, thank you. I call her Pastor Mama. You guys can call her Pastor Mama if you want to. But man, she, I'm just so grateful for that. They came here with a heart to get a, a word and a message planted here in central Alberta. And it has not ceased. It is still going strong. And so we're so thankful for that. But on top of that, we go, okay, now where can we go with it? Because the best way we can honor the past is by moving forward in what God has called us to do. And so that's our heart's desire. That's our focus. And so we spent about four days and the Lord downloaded this heartbeat booklet into us so that we could get it on paper and say, this is what Impact Life Church and what we're doing as a whole. This is what we're going to be doing moving forward. So I want to just take a moment just to advocate and just talk a little bit about what it all is. Is that okay with y'all? Okay. So the first thing that I want to just mention about this is because, well, Proverbs 29, 18, we know this, but if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I mean, a vision is important. I mean, it's great. You can just have church and just do church for doing church sake, but there's got to be a purpose to why you're meeting. There's got to be a purpose to what we're doing every single time that we gather, every type of freedom story, every type of men's breakfast, every type of connect group, everything we do from children to youth to adults to senior, everything is on purpose. Uh-huh. Right? And so this is what we want to talk a little bit about. And the other side of it too is Habakkuk chapter two, verse two and three. You all know these verses, but this is Habakkuk and he's saying, I'm looking to, I'm going to stand on my watchtower to see what God's going to say to me. And it's so vital that we get a clear picture of what God wants to do and what he's saying. And in the message Bible, this is what God told Habakkuk. He said, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be seen and read on the run. So I encourage you, if you're a jogger, there it is, man. This is, this is it right here. So it's on big block letters for you to see. And I mean, this is our overarching theme is you belong here. There it is in big black. So there you go. He says the vision or the message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on the way. It will come right on time. And so I just want to real mention what is Impact Life Church? The way that it started out, as I just said about Pastor John and Ingrid, but it has always been and will continue to be a yes church. Yes to God. Everything that you want to do, we say yes, sir. We're not going to do it man's way. We're not going to do it, you know, just our own way. We're going to do it God's way. So if you got your little booklets, I'd like you to turn to the first page. And if you just, I want to reiterate real quickly again, if you see the first part right here, it just says our heart or our word to you. And I want to just lay this out because this is something not only we were saying, okay, Lord, this is what you want to do for the church. Lord, what kind of pastors do you need to pastor this church? Because it's great we got vision for, but what do you expect of us? And so I want to, again, just read these out to you to make a fresh commitment to the Lord, but also to you as well. Number one is to pray for you, to carry you in our hearts constantly, to build you up and to speak life over your family, over your lives on a regular basis. 
This is what we do. Not just on, we have Tuesday prayers, but we pray as a team on Thursdays. Jamie and I on a regular basis are talking. We're praying for the church family, speaking life over situations that we don't even know about. Maybe we do know some things about, but man, we are lifting this church family up in prayer. Why? Because God told us to. So there you go. Number two is to lead Impact Life Church by God's direction, not our own. That's important. We're not gonna, we're not doing this and pulling things out on the, out of the hat and finding out what are other churches doing. No, Lord, what are you specifically telling us? This is what we're gonna do. Number three is we are committed to teach the word of God, not our opinions and not the popular thought of today. That's our heart. That's what we're gonna do. You're not gonna hear me say, hey, on Facebook last week, I saw this. It'll never happen. You're not gonna get a high thought. You're gonna get the word. And that's for everyone who comes on this platform. You're gonna get the word. Number four, then, is to keep our eyes on what the Lord needs the church to do. We don't do church for the sake of doing church, but we are here with an assignment, and as a church family, we will fulfill and accomplish what He's asked us to do. We are committed to that. And so, again, I want to just give you a couple of words. Uh, Pastor John, he's in the Philippines right now, and uh, I asked him just to send me a couple of headliners of different words that he has over the years about this church. And it's not just for the leaders, it's for the whole church body. So if this is your home body, which everybody in this room, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, yes, it is your home body. There's an anointing on your life. There is a grace on your life for this. Are you ready? So one of the first words that came was this. Number one, again, there's a whole lot too, but I'm just giving you the highlights. Number one said, this will be a strong end time church that will help usher in the Lord Jesus coming back for his bride. Number two, uh, where am I here? Number two is that this will be a regional church. Now we're praying about that, getting some direction on some of those things. Number three is that men and women will be trained and raised and then sent forth from this church. That's just, that, those are the words that were spoken. And these are men and women of God that we highly respect, that we know they're not flaky, but they're the real deal. So we just go, okay, Lord, we believe that. Now we, we're believing for the anointing to do that at the same time. So now, uh, again, looking at your book, what does impact life church? Who are we? What's our vision? All right, four people know. All right, that's why we're going over this. Who are we? What do we do? We are. You got it. This is on the screen, isn't it? Okay, awesome. Now you can read through that. I'm not going to read over this whole book because there's messages in every single one and I don't want to get off on the tangent. But on the very back of this book that you see, so how do we impact generations for Jesus? I've had that question asked to me before. How do we actually do that? How do we put flesh and just saying, we are impacting generations for Jesus. Yeah, but how? Well, on the back is very important to us. These are our priorities. Everybody say priorities. These are the things that God told us as a church to do. So people say, yeah, come on now. Who just said that? Yeah, there you are. Let's do it. So a lot of things, are you going to have, you know, certain ministries like this? You're going to have a horse ministry. Are you going to have a, no, no, no. We're going to stick to what the priorities are, right? We're not going to get involved in any of the things, but this is what our focus is. This is what we're investing in. So all of our recess, resources are going into this. Ready? Are you got everybody on the back? Yeah. Number one, it says to be a strong, everybody say strong. strong. Not wimpy, not weak, not yeah. strong. <laughs> all right some of you squeak during that i think puberty just hit you as we read that okay a strong word center church in central alberta that's who we are number two is a training and distribution center of leaders in every generation young old middle all everybody number three 
is a... Oh, come on, like you mean it all. Strong influence for God in our city. And fourthly then, A is a distribution center of the Word in every form. This is who we are. So right here, this is your church. This is what we're doing. You are anointed to do these things. Say it, I'm anointed to impact generations for Jesus, for the glory of God. So guess what you're anointed to do? All four of these things right here, you are capable of doing and becoming. Why? Because I'm, I'm just finding it. I'm custom made for this position. I'm custom made for it. Why? Because I'm called to impact generations for Jesus just like you. No matter where you are, no matter what team you're serving on, this is what we are anointed to do. So before I kind of go more into depth on some of these things, I want to just lay out a few things about the, the purpose of the local church. Because I know people may have different backgrounds. You may come from different, you know, church families, different churches and experience. You may have all these different things. And man, I, people may have good experiences. People may have had bad experiences. But I, I want to just bring it back to the focus point of what Jesus is doing. This is Jesus' church. And if you had a horrible experience, I, uh, from the depths of my heart, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Listen, people will fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. And so one of the things I know the Lord's even helping us is to do is, I mean, for our kids and raising families in churches, we want to introduce, introduce them to Jesus first before they get introduced to the church. Right? Because the church stuff gets messy. Why? Because you're dealing with people. How many of you are a people? All right. Is your life a bit messy sometimes? Yes, anybody got a perfect life? Didn't think so. So I want it, that's one of the major reasons why we don't just promote Impact Life Church. Because if you promote just Impact Life Church, guess what's going to happen? They're going to just meet a bunch of people, imperfect people coming to a perfect God, and they're thinking, well, this doesn't work out real good. That's why we're saying, man, come to this Jesus. You've got to see who this man is. He is a life changer. When you encounter him, it changes everything. Now we encourage you, get plugged in. You need a family to belong in. And that's, what, that's our second motivation is come plug in, come plug in. But our first focus is Jesus. It's his church. This isn't my church. It's Jesus' church. So I want you to know that even for myself, as Jamie and I were pastors of this church, we're not doing things, oh, this is what we would like to do. Let's do this, this, and that. We are honestly on our knees before the Lord. Lord, what do you want us to do? Show us, reveal it to us, and we will carry it out. And the perfect example we saw was just freedom story. Man, ladies, how many of you were blessed this past weekend? Man, this didn't just come out of go, Jamie going, oh, I would like to do something girlish. Let's decorate this place with flowers and bloomages. Oh, that's a Dutch word for flowers. All these pretty things. <laughs> no, it... This, this is something that she spent you know, time praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? She's got something for a win. Okay, Lord, what is it? It was about a, what, a five-month process that you kind of, okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. But it's just so you know from our heart, we're not just picking stuff out of the hat and go, oh, that would be a good thing to do, right? So our motivation is to please God and be a blessing to people. Okay. So again, the first thing about the local church is that it's God's idea. He is building His church. The church is not man's idea. God doesn't have a plan B. Plan A is the church. Everybody say the church. This is what he's going to do. If God's going to speak into the world, guess what? how he's going to do it? He's going to do it through his church. Everybody say, I'm the church. Now, this is, of course, where the church gathers, but you are the church people. You are the church. In Matthew chapter 16, 18, I mean, love, love, we sang it this morning. But I love this, just these words that Jesus said. He said, upon this rock, this revelation knowledge of Jesus being the Christ, notice what he's going to do. I am going to build. Everybody say build. I'm building my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. 
Hell doesn't stand a chance. Why? Because I'm the church. Woo. Now when you hear church, don't just think, oh, this cute little building we're in. No, Ecclesia, the called out ones. And that's the second point. What is the church? Number two, the church is us, but God chose me to be part of what He's doing. If you just, again, think of that for a second. So you're not coming here because, yeah, well, yeah I, mean, I, I get to be here. I'm choosing to be here. Uh, before any of that, God actually chose you for it. Can you just say that with me? God chose me. John 15, 16, Jesus said this again just before He went to the cross. He said, you didn't choose me. He said, I chose you. So you're here this morning because you're chosen. How many of you are chosen one? Isn't that good news? God doesn't pick the runt out of the squad either. He picks the best. Maybe anybody ever play those sports? I always go back to that because I always think of our family. Man, we get, we get harsh when it comes to sports. Man, all of a sudden, we got the whole family, the whole housing crew is all there. Anybody want to be a captain? And it's just kind of awkward because if you're captain, you want to win the game, but that means you're going to have to hurt somebody's feelings. Right? And so everybody's, oh, yeah, let's play football. And, you know, everybody's, yeah, let's play, let's play. Okay, we got the two captains. And sure enough, you start, yeah, we'll take you, and I'll take you, and I'll take you, da 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 You get down the line, and then you kind of got, you know, the runts, the small people that are playing football going, okay, I guess I'll take Josh. And <laughs> I'm just saying that because he's, yeah, there he is. He's right over there. <laughs> he's just saying it. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just, and aren't you so glad, Josh, that Jesus didn't go, oh, I guess I'll pick Josh. No, he goes, man, I'm picking you, I'm choosing you, I want you on my team. So God chose you, and then what did he do? He appointed you to do what? To go and produce lasting fruit. You're chosen for this. You are chosen to be the church. Next, thirdly. Now that I'm chosen, now God plants me as He sees fit. A lot of people think, I'm going to just choose the church that I go to. It doesn't actually work that way. You are placed and strategically planned. God's not just flinging people, you know, all across the world. Just, I need some over here and I need some over there. God is very strategic. Why are you in Red Deer? You may think, well, my job brought me here. No, no, no. That's so natural thinking. God places giftings, anointings, graces together to accomplish what He wants to do. You're here on purpose. You're thinking, oh, I just attend this church. Well, don't even just think like that. There's more to it than that. There's something on the inside of you that God wants to bring out and make a drastic impact in this region that we're in. You're a big deal. Say it, I'm a big deal. Yeah. How did that feel? You got to start, man, you got to be your, you got to start speaking good of yourself. God chose you. God chose me. So guess what? In his eyes, I'm a big deal. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. Paul said to this. God has put, everybody say this, God has put, men doesn't put, people don't choose, God has put each part, talking about the body, just where he wants it. Wouldn't it be weird if your toe was hanging out by your nose? That'd just look awkward, right? Aren't you thankful that your toe is not by your nose? Or your nose down by your toe? I'm very grateful. But the whole body... You all got different parts. Everybody's different, but everybody's unique. So we're all called to this local family together. We all got different parts to play, right? Being the church is not a spectator sport. You can't just watch and go, we're all involved in this. It's a family thing. We're telling our kids on right now on a regular basis, we're not paying you, giving you an allowance for the chores. You're part of this family. Get your butt to work. Oh, but Papa, just going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, just to, you know, 
Join the mission. We have it. Get involved. You've been stirring and fingering out, man. I, I want to do something. Join the mission is every first and third what, Sunday and Saturday. There it is. Free advertising. Next. To see my life flourish God's way, the local church is where I get planted. If I want to see flourish, it's not just me now throwing out a prayer. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, please, please, please help me. No, Psalm 92 very clearly lays out verse 13 and 14. It says those who are planted in the house of the Lord, what's going to happen in their life? They're going to flourish. Everybody say flourish. flourish. What does flourish mean? Grow. Expand. Extend. Advancements. You are going to flourish in the courts of our God. And verse 14, even this. Even they were going to bear fruit even in old age. You. Where's my old people at? Some of you have no idea. Come on, y'all. Where, where are you at? Now, what's, what's the definition for older? What's... What are we defining? Because I see some 50 pluses right here just going, yeah, where are they? <laughs> where are those Where are those old people? <laughs> are we just, they're not here? To, yeah. I'll let you define old for yourself. <laughs> so I don't know if you've been confessing, even in my old age, I'm going to bear fruit. And you're 24, hey, that, to a 14-year-old, you is old, man. You is an old man. But they shall be fresh, fresh, and flourishing. You see it again. So again, age has nothing to do with it. You are planted in the house of the Lord. What happened? You are going to bear fruit in old age, and you are going to be fresh and flourishing. There's a lot of F's going on. Fresh, flourishing. So when you wake up in the morning, older people, I am fresh and I'm flourishing. How can I say that? Because I am planted in the house of God. I'm planted. So let me just, and I just love this. One of the cool things, I mean, we had Saturday night service, obviously, last night. And the kids are in the worship service with us. And there was, a, there was quite a few of them last night. And just seeing how many of those kids are there, I love it. It seems a little bit wild. It seems a little bit, a bit crazy. But let me encourage you, be okay with crazy. Why? Because there is nothing better than you parents. I applaud you. You are bringing your kids to church. And I listen, I got three of my own, five, three, and one, and getting them to church is not always the easy thing. Right? All of a sudden, just as you leave the door, oh, Papa, I have to use the bathroom. Seriously? I just, we got all dressed up. All right, seriously? Okay. But I just want to applaud you because what you're doing is you're showing them this is who we are, what we do. You're teaching them things. And listen, as a PK, for those, any other PKs, pastors, kids in the house? Oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah you is one. I know that. It has it all over you. I can see it. See the PK? Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, PKs. Where are you? Man, I feel you. Now, how many times were we in church? Even when the doors weren't open. You're at church. Oh, I just got to make a few quick phone calls. And before you know it, it turns into a counseling session. You're sitting on the couch. You're going, oh, I got to get out of here. I was born right there. Didn't miss a message. Here we are. But I, you know what? To this day, at those times, like, oh, do I have to go? Do I have to be all there all the time? And we had, uh, I mean, when I remember I was a youth now, we had Sunday morning, we had Sunday night. After, after Sunday night service is when we had youth service. Talk about not proper thinking on that one. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody because he's not here. <laughs> Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, youth service. Hey, let's just be in church eight hours that day. Let's just, let's just do that. Sure, he's a 12-year-old. Yeah, great. I'm gonna, anybody else remember the Disney Channel was on? at around 6 o'clock. 
Six o'clock Disney Channel, man, and all of a sudden you know, the little mermaid pops up and we're going, yeah. And all of a sudden you hear your mom, boy kiss, time to get ready for church. Mom, we just started mermaid. No, we got to get ready to go. And so our, our, we never ate dinner on Sundays. We got a bowl of cereal. Eat that quick. We're going to get going to church. And so the, the, I'm only saying what I hear my father say. And we're just going, we're running. We get to church just on time and we have church service. Here we are again. And I miss the mermaid. But to this day, I'm so thankful. I haven't even actually seen the little mermaid yet to this day. Because all the time. But you know what? To this day, I am thankful that my parents brought me to church. They planted me in the house of God. They brought me to church and said, you're going. Okay, here I am. And to this day, here I still am. I can't get out of this place. <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think you PKs would agree. Right? Okay. All right, you PKs, you're special people, I tell you that. The next thing I want to make mention is the church, the primary calling of the church, because a lot of people say, well, it's to go reach the lost. Well, before any of that, the primary focus of the church is to know Jesus, is to effectively know who he is. And in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the very beginning of this verse, I love it in the Amplified, the classic one. It says, my determined purpose, everybody say that with me, my determined purpose is to what? is that I may know Him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. This is the primary call of the church. Because when you know Him, now I'll show you this, Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, the very end of this verse, it says this, but the people who know, everybody say know, know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Now great exploits, you anybody know what that is? Great works, great wonders. Right, you see what Moses, what, what God did through Moses, the ten plagues? Did God just randomly do that? No, he needed a man who knew him. He used Moses to perform all of those acts. So we kind of think, well, I'm going to reach the lost. If you don't know him, it's now just a religious duty and you're going to have absolutely no success in it. But when you know who he is, you know the motivation, you know the heart. Now you can effectively go out and do what God has called you to do. But know this, when you know him, everybody say know him, not just about him, not just, oh, I heard, you know, a podcast once in a while, and I, or I listen to different people. But when you know him for yourself, it says you will be strong and you'll carry out these great exploits. So this is vital for us as a church is we come here to not just learn about this God, is you come here to personally experience him. This is why we're here. This is why we sing. This is why we lift our hands. We do all this for the purpose of coming to hear, coming to understand, and coming to grasp Him for who He really is. Because Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at today. Thank God you had a great weekend, Freedom Story. But there's a fresh thing for you today. Man, isn't that wonderful? You can't just live off of yesterday's stuff. You've got to have it fresh. And again, that word knowing, just real simply, is about having a developed a relationship with someone through meeting and spending time with them, you are familiar and you are friendly with them. Man, for me, I've, I've said this before, but it's my, I have a white chair in my room. That white chair is my chair that I meet with God. The moment I sit down in there, I, everything is gone. I don't got an iPad. I don't got a phone. Okay, Lord, let's just talk. Here I am. Sh show me yourself. Let's talk. Here I am. You can, you know, intimacy, 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 right? I want God to intimacy me. <laughs> Spend time, and this, listen, I want God to have a safe harbor in me that He can say whatever He wants to say. If there's things that He wants to reveal, things that He wants to adjust, Lord, I'm an open book. Do what you got to do. I'm so ready for it because I crave that. Why? Because I want to be just like Him. Right? 
Okay. And listen, I've had times in that white chair. Those were, man, that's some fun times. <laughs> Anybody have a good chair or something you sit in? Some of you maybe go to the woods. Man, I had some good cries. I've had some good laughs. I've had some, oh dear God, what am I doing? All that takes place in my white chair. And I like my white chair. It needs to be clean though, but I need a white chair. Uh, next, I also want to say is the church now is called, not only are we called to know Him, but this is also just the next, the next aspect of it that I'm even discovering and finding out for myself is that I want to be a cooperator with Him. Because it's one thing to know Him, but not only did Moses knew God, but he also knew how to flow and to cooperate with Him. And I think that's so important, especially as we go on further in these last days, as we come to gather more and more. This has been my desire, my prayer, is Lord, I want to work with you in these services. Why? So that the Holy Spirit can do what He wants to do. Because people come with needs. People have stuff that they're going through, that they're dealing with, that they need to see. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Because He's able to meet you right where you're at. He's able to say a word to you that will just all of a sudden set you completely free. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. And I totally know if there's anything that's good that has come from my mouth, it was Him. If there's anything you didn't like, it was me. Right? I'm well aware of that. <laughs> so that's why I'm really training myself. Lord, I want to flow with you. I want to work closely with you because, again, this is your church. I'm just a vessel. Right. Okay. And the last thing that I'll make mention of, too, is this, that when we come gathered together now, we also come gathered in the spirit of unity. So this is, again, something that Jamie and I, we practice on a regular basis. We talk to our teams, and they talk to their teams. But when we, what we need to do here is we set aside our personal preferences to be culture carriers in unity with the God-given vision of this local church. Because a lot of times people, yeah, listen, people like church different ways. If we were to have church done by everybody's likes and what they like or what they think is great, our church would last about eight hours, for one. So what we found out is like, hey, Lord, what's the culture? What do you want us to do? How do you want things to look up? So if it doesn't really meet you know, the standard that you may like, can I just ask you, this isn't necessarily all the stuff that I like either, but what I'm doing is I'm putting aside so I get a bigger picture and to see this is what Jesus wants to do to reach people. If you just see that, that this is another avenue, another opportunity for God to help and reach people. So this is why we do things this way. This is why we got a new sound system. I don't like the new sound system. I, I don't care. I really don't care. We did it because God told us to do it, and that's just it. We needed it because how horrible would it be? All of a sudden, I'm preaching, or the, the worship team is just cranking it, and all of a sudden, the speaker blows. And how is that? Listen, people, God looks to the heart. We know that. But what do people look at? They look at the natural things, right? You cannot forget the natural things. So if things are not looking right, things don't sound right, guess what? If people are going to be hindered from receiving from God. So that's why we have all these things going on. This is why we serve crepes. I don't like crepes. I don't care. Like, don't tell me that. I really don't care. Because if you don't like it, have a donut. I don't eat donuts. Bring a salad. I don't know what else to do, right? The heartbeat. But if you look at a higher picture, the higher picture is... We want to break down barriers so people can receive from Jesus. That's it. One thing that I am sorry for is the parking. <laughs> but at this moment, there's nothing that I can do. So thank you for walking a block to come. This, uh, thank you. I really do thank you for that. But when it comes to the crepes, when it comes to the life, listen. You said it. I'm not going to say it. All right. Anywho. First Chronicles chapter 12, and I love this verse, 16 and 17. 
There were men also from the tribes of Benjamin and Judah who joined David in the wilderness fortress. When David went out to meet them, this is what he said. If you have come in peace and to help me, you are most welcome to join this company. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies, innocent as I am, the God of our ancestors will see through you and bring judgment on you. What we want to do here is there is no room for strife at all. We can't. Why? Because God is using us to impact generations for Jesus. This is the call, the assignment. So we have absolutely a zero tolerance for anybody having strife. That's what David said. If you come to help, man, come on in. Let's do this thing. Let's push forward together. But if you've come to wreck or cause damage to what we're doing, woo, watch out, son, because it's not just us. Now the Lord is on the thing, right? Remember when Paul was persecuting the church? Remember he was killing Christians left, right, and center, arresting them? Remember Jesus appeared to him? What did he say? Paul, Paul, or Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Yeah, but Paul wasn't hitting Jesus. That's not how Jesus saw it. If there is any division, any kind of strife between people, Jesus takes that very personally. So that's why we don't have any room for it. Because part of it, not only is that, is we can't go forward. We can't, we're actually hindered. Spiritually speaking, we can't progress and go to the next level. So as a church family, we're just going to love one another and we're going to speak truth. Okay, so now, how do we impact generations for Jesus? We read those four things, but I'm going to just focus on the bottom two, which is to be a strong influence for God in our city and to be a distribution center of the word in every form. Now, before we go into that, I think we have the impact logo. I want to just, you're maybe, I don't know if ever questions ever have, but what is the impact logo? Why all the arrows? Well, I'm glad you asked. Can you pass me those two papers there? Can you everybody see that? Yeah, is it clear? And by the back, can you see that okay? Yeah, and those other ones there too. Can you guys see that okay? Yeah, okay. So the way that we see this, the way that the Lord showed that to us, is so, so the first you see these couple arrows here. I'm going to just come up here first. You see these two arrows? But they're going up, right? You can see that? Then they come back down, and then we got one that goes right up. Can you see all that? How many arrows do you see? Four. Okay, I see four. That's as many as I'm going to have. Four. So the first one is we reach out. They say it with me. We reach out. Those are the first two arrows on the side. We draw in. We lift up. Okay, ready? We reach out. We draw in. We lift up. Now pretend like you're exercising because some of you, maybe you haven't done it for a while. <sighs> <sighs> this is what we do we reach out we draw in we lift up that's what those arrows represent so if you're wondering why all the arrows it's because we reach out we draw in we lift up got it so if anybody asks are you the church that goes to all the arrows oh yeah you want to know why because we reach out we draw in and we lift up <laughs> okay. somebody's saying i ain't doing that jack well okay well <laughs> whatever so the questions that I'm going to ask is, how do we have influence with people in our lives? How do you have influence with people in this church, maybe? How do we have influence with people outside of this church effectively? Next question I want to ask is, how do we have effectively get our message out so that we can impact lives? And I mean, there's a lot of natural things that we have. We've got a great podcast that's been subscribed. Listen, the, the, it's getting out there. The word is going forth, and that's what we're excited about. The word is going out different avenues. How do we effectively reach out, draw in, and lift up? 
Anybody asking those questions? Because you can go, okay, we impact generations for Jesus. Yippee. How do we do that? Well, there's the priorities. Well, how do we effectively do some of those things? Well, before we go into this, we've got to talk a little bit about the motive or the heart behind all this. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3. Let's go there for a moment. It says this, never. Everybody say never. Never, never for any reason. No matter what. For anything. For anyone. Never. Ever. On any occasion. I'm just rambling. Never. Looking for the next sentence. <laughs> never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Can we say that together? Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Other translations use the word never let truth and love leave you. So listen, I'm going to just use those words because it's a little bit easier maybe to understand. Truth and love. Never let them leave you. What do we do? We're supposed to tie them around our neck. Here it is. I'm supposed to tie them around my neck. Literally, you're not going to be... Anybody want to buy a necklace from me that says truth and love? No? Okay. Thank you, Julian, for your honesty. <laughs> no. But so it's not just saying, okay, get a cute necklace and put it around there. No, it's like imprint it on your heart. That's what he says. It, write it deep on the inside of you. This is who I am. This is how I walk around. Never going to let truth and love leave me. Why? Because verse 4 gives us the answer. Then... When you have truth and love tied around your heart, it's in you, it's on you, no matter where you go, it just surrounds you. It's in you. It comes out of you. What will happen? Then you will find favor. Did we say favor? favor? With God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. Anybody interested in a good rep? I want good rep. Did you know that your, rep, your reputation precedes you? Before you even walk into the room, guess what's already there? Your reputation is already there. You already got rep. So anybody knows, oh, who's going to the party? Oh, Joel's going to be at the party? Oh, shoot. Right? Oh, man, who invited that guy? What's happening? My rep has already preceded me. So what we want to do, and this is part of the things that you're going to hear a little bit about Impact Red Deer that we got coming up. The purpose behind that is to love with no strings attached. We're not trying to convert anybody. You better get over here. No, we're just simply showing truth and love. And what's going to happen? The reputation is going to come from that. And when you have the reputation, guess what? Now you have access into people's lives. So just for wherever you're at, not just from a church perspective, now just for you in your, in your job, in your business, where you work, you hold on to truth and you hold on to love. What's going to happen? You're going to have a good reputation both with God and with people. This is it. Can you see that? This is it. If you want to be a good Christian, a good successful Christian, what do you need? Truth and love. Now, when you look at those, just seemingly hearing those things, and actually before I read that, Psalm 85, 10, you can write that down. But it says when those two come together, truth and love, when they come together, it makes a very powerful force. When they meet together, man, it's extremely powerful. Now, hearing kindness or love and truth appear to be opposites, but it is their combination that makes a believer powerful. Kindness or love is that gentle, forgiving, gracious, and overlooking trait of a noble individual who will gladly take personal injury rather than fight or hurt someone in their power. Anybody ever try to take, maybe you had, you had some truth that you just wanted to give somebody, but then you told them and it didn't go over well. Anybody ever have that before? Any husbands ever try that with their wives? Anybody? Just me. Okay. Okay. This is, okay. Thank you for your honesty. But you know, one of the things that you see in the book of Proverbs chapter 16, 21, it says this, that speaking sweetly to others 
makes your teaching even more convincing. If you are just speaking truth with no kindness, you are dangerous. Remember those guys that walk around and say, turn or burn? How was the result for them? Brutal. Why? Because, yeah, they got truth, but is there any kindness in it? Not at all. I remember we were, Jamie and I, we were in New York in Times Square, and I remember they got those guys everywhere. Man, they got those signs, and they're just walking around, turn or burn, y'all going to hell. And these guys just yelling it from the, from the street corner. And I remember there was one lady. She had a little sign. She didn't have a way up in there. She had a little sign, and it just said, God loves you. I ran over to her. I said, man, your sign. I said, that is so much better than all this stuff that's going out there. And well, the sign was nice, but she said, yeah, they're all going to hell anyway. I said, oh. <laughs> I actually, I said, you suck. I'm out of here, man. Like nobody wants to listen to that. Why? Because yeah, they know it's true. There is truth. There it is. But when there's no sweetness of the lips, there's no learning. Every time somebody walked past me, I either got the brush off, the shrug, not effective at all, right? At all. <laughs> so then truth then on the other hand i mean let's just say it this way if you just have kindness without truth you got no backbone you're just wishy-washy there's no substance to you right but what is truth truth is the stubborn commitment to whatever is honest and right regardless of the cost so together they balance each other gloriously resulting in the gentle and honest life of a christian because a lot of times people, you know, this is where people get on ditches. They think God is kind. And is God kind? Yes, He is. But they forget about the true side of it. So now we got this God out here who's extremely kind. People can do and live however they want to live and everything's going to be just okay. Y'all going to heaven because God is so gracious. He's so good. He's so kind and so lovely. Is there some truth to that? Yes, there is. But at the same time, He's also truth. Right? Jesus being the perfect example of this. You see him in the scriptures. He forgave even his enemies. He forgave them. He prayed for them. He would lift them up. But at the same time, he's the one who also spoke truth. He died for what he believed in. Right? And at the book of Revelation, it says he is called faithful and true. So at the same time, if you get on this, this that God is just kind, you forget about the true side of it. Man, you're not helping people either. Right? On the other hand, if you just got, is God truth? Huh, God is truth. And there's no kindness. What do you got? You got a lot of harshness. Man, it's just, it's, man, there's nothing there. Right? You can actually see that in First Corinthians chapter 8. It says that the law, the, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Holy Spirit came and revealed the kindness of Jesus. This is who He is. And at the same time, you know, if you just speak truth, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, and I could speak in the languages of, tongue, of angels and men, I could speak all of that. If I have not love, what happens? Nothing. Sounding gong. There is absolutely nothing. What do I sound like? I may be preaching, I may be preaching truth. What do I sound like? This is all that they're hearing. It's just a gong. But when you add kindness to it, now it brings increase in learning, right? So you need the good balance behind the two. Make sense? Okay. You know, Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 4. So here's the book of Proverbs, Solomon telling us. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, it says it, Paul says it like this. You got that on the screen there? Should be a nice little click. There it is. Instead, we will speak, what? The truth. How? In love. Growing up in every way, the more and more like Christ. 
So this is how the church ought to be. We are speaking the truth. How? In love. Because again, what does, when you have truth, love gives truth its voice. Right? So you may have the right thing to say, but when love is thrown in that mix, guess what? Now you have a voice and people can hear it. Okay, so now, let's take a little bit of time just talking about this. Reaching out, drawing in, lifting up. Anybody ever reached out before? <laughs> How does it look like? What, is it, what does it require of you? Now remember, I, I just folded these two up. I got truth and love. Now from this perspective, when I'm, I got truth and I got love, I can effectively reach out, draw in, lift up. But it's only from this motive. If I just have one without the other, or if I just got Joel on the brain, it ain't going to work. Anybody ever try reaching out like that before? Yeah, I have. I've just gone out with my intention. This is what I think would be good to do. And I go out there, I get nervous, you get kind of sweaty, and how am I going to do this, what am I going to say? But when you're full of the love of God, you're full of the truth of God, first of all, there's no fear. Right? But perfect love casts out all fear. So people may think, well, reaching out, that, that means I've got to talk to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, in the area that we live in, Terry was telling me this yesterday, but just the central Alberta, especially just the culture is people are busy. They work. They got kids. Everybody's got busy lives. We work, 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 work. And everybody's just doing this on a regular basis. And what do we do? We forget the reach. We forget the whole purpose of what the church is for. We're here to reach. Is that not true? Jesus said that, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But again, we have truth and love, but I'm here to reach out. So what does reaching require? It requires me stepping outside of myself. It means me leaving my bubble. Anybody ever left their bubble in a while? Your bubble's so big, you got to pop that thing, man. You got to let somebody in. And at the same time, I have to be willing just to go, mm, got to like, oh, come out of this thing. Oh, hi, I'm Joel. Right, but what happened is because especially the culture that we live in, everybody's connected, but we're most alone generation. Wow, everybody got a phone. I can just see what's going on here, and I live in my little world right here. Right, just right here. Double tap. Like, this is how I live. Podcasts. Go to the gym. Don't talk to anybody. This is it. Oh, somebody liked my photo. Thank God somebody likes me. Means nothing. Means nothing. Until you put the phone down. Everybody say, put the phone down. There's people, real people. And they may even say, hey, I like you. <gasps> now what do I do? I know we're not all like that, but some people are. I've seen them. <laughs> so again, reaching out, I'm stepping out. I'm leaving my comfort zone. And here's the thing about my reaching out. It will never be in the convenient time for you. I am willing to be inconvenienced for my reach. <laughs> it may come while you're pumping iron at the gym it may come I mean this was actually not too long ago for me I was uh, again in Walmart and for those of you ladies who think that I just go to Walmart to get snacks <laughs> there was a little thing of the inside joke I guess that, that I go to Walmart just to get snacks <laughs> it's ridiculous I'll tell you that right now I feel no love in that no truth in that either <laughs> But anyways, I was there picking up groceries for my hungry children. <laughs> Praying, Lord, what should I give them for breakfast? Give me something, Lord. Ooh, Starburst. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember I was there. I, I, I got a few things, and uh, there was a gentleman. 
that this was, this, I think you guys were actually in BC. This was in January. And uh, there was a gentleman that used to come to this church. And uh, man, he just, he looked like he had been through the ringer. Had, man, just had a rough go. And he had a cart full of stuff. And I mean, it was a cart full. And uh, all of a sudden I saw him and right away I'm like, hey. And I knew his name. I'm not going to tell you his name. But I, it wasn't just one of those, hey, you. You, hey. I knew him. And I called him by his name and it was right. So... <laughs> Anybody ever do that? That's something that I really have to stop. People go, hey, Joel. I go, hey, Saul. No, it's John. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you look like a Saul. <laughs> I got to stop doing that. So I apologize if I've ever done that. It's a great conversation starter. Uh, but I saw him. I said, hey, man, man, so good to see you again. How are things going? And he kind of shared, you know, took about 10 minutes in the aisle just talking to me about what's going on in his life and just uh, cruddy stuff just taking place. And all of a sudden, man, we were just walking down together and we we're going, kind of going to the aisle. Um, he, he goes in front of me, there's a short, I look for the shortest aisle in Walmart. And uh, there was the shortest aisle, line, line two. There we are. And all of a sudden, uh, I just heard it in my heart, I want you to pay for this man's groceries. Oh, Lord, like, did you see the size of that cart? <laughs> Don't think that you're all holy and go, you shouldn't question that. This cart was gigantic. And not only that, but there was, I saw so, a few cans of cat food in the bottom. Sorry, I don't buy cat food. I, no. You can have my leftovers. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I enjoy cats. I had to. Had to. <laughs> my mom's farm killed them. <laughs> but anyways, I just saw this man. I just said, you know what? I, I gotta, I'm going to just do this. So I reached, I, when we were talking, that's all part of the reach. I reached out. And just said, you know what, would you be okay? I don't want to offend in any kind of mean, but I just, I, the Lord just wanted you to know that he asked me to buy your groceries. Are you, are you okay with that? He just broke down crying. Just tears getting, he had been saving up this whole entire month just for this moment to pay for another month's worth of groceries. And man, so the bill came up to around 200 bucks or something like that. I just thought $200 for a, a, an effective reach. It wasn't, listen, not every time are you handing out money. I'm not saying, we just throw out money to everything. That is not the solution. But in this case, this is what the Lord impressed on my heart was I want you to pay for this man's groceries. Now, I trust the Lord to lead me in that. I trust him that he's not going to let me down and just that he's taking advantage of me. Okay, Lord, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly do that. This man broke down in tears and at the same time, he was ready to walk home with everything. I said, man, I'll give you a ride too. So we loaded all of gro his groceries, my groceries for my hungry kids and my Starburst. We loaded it all in together. And at the same time, I had an opportunity just to pray with him, just to talk with him. And that was it. He hasn't been to church yet. That, hey, that is not, again, not the purpose. I'm showing Jesus. If he comes, that's between him and the Lord. Right? So again, that's the whole aspect of the reach. And just for time's sake, it's 1150 already. Oh, man. Listen faster. Okay. But you see that Jesus was attracted. He was, a lot of notorious sinners came to this man. They welcomed, they, man, he welcomed them in. He brought them all in. He had an effective reach. Why? Because he had truth and he had love. Meanwhile, the Pharisees hated it. What does he think he's doing sitting with these sinners? They had, the Pharisees, they had some truth, but with absolutely no love. So this is a mentality that we have got to kick in order to effectively reach with these handles. is an us versus them. Good guys versus bad guys. The moment you have that mentality, your impact is shot. Completely gone. And your influence as the church is gone. And us versus them could be cultural. It could be race color it could be the job that somebody works at it could be at the education that somebody has or doesn't have oh us people we don't do it like that loser <laughs> the moment you have that you you've quenched it jesus never had an us versus them mentality and so neither do we never will
Red or yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Okay. Oh, that was a fun example. I'll just leave that. Next part is draw in. So once we've effectively reached out, now the next part, we, not, we, just, we don't stop here. Oh, we've reached out. Okay, God loves you. See ya. Don't ever, don't ever see me again. I'd be great if I never saw you again. The other part of it now is we want to draw in. Right? I'm talking about people. May, they may be Christians. They may be in this building. We want to help people come in, draw in. And what is that? I'm going to open up my life to somebody. And I want to show who Jesus is, what He did for me, and what He'll do for you. I'm going to take my time and invest in you. Really, it's called discipleship. Right? And you can't disciple from afar. You need to be brought in close. And I used this example uh, last night, and I just, I loved it. The Lord gave it to me again yesterday. Jamie and I, when we were first married, our first year of marriage, we were called to, to go to Toronto area uh, to do a kids camp. And uh, this kids camp was rough, man. These guys came from very tough backgrounds, right? There's a, just a, oh, there's a probably, what, 150 kids, something like that, 200 kids. And uh, man, they come from just the ghetto of Toronto. And so they've seen lots, they've experienced lots. I remember there's one little boy, remember they called him the Pitbull? I think his name was Russell the Pitbull. And uh, man, he's just, he's an eight-year-old kid who knew more about perverse things. He knew more about the drug slang than I've ever heard. Like I'm learning from this kid what it is on the streets. And I remember him coming up and he's like, he came up to me one day and just said, my dog died, hey? And I'm like, oh, I said, what happened, man? Sorry to hear that, dude. He's like, well, you know, I had a, a police officer came in because there was a big fight and he shot my dog right in the head and that was it. That's his life. That's what he's seeing. That's what he's experiencing. So Jamie and I, we had five days to be at this camp and uh, we put on services. We put on Skillet. Anybody remember Skillet? Yeah, man. Get some, get some white crazy music. Yeah, Skillet. And what they did is they, man, we, we, we put on skits. Just the two of us. We were really cool, man. We had skits going on, kicking bad guys. We were just doing this whole thing. We did everything, preaching, skits, singing. We did it all. And I remember one night after one of our first things that we did, people, kids got saved. The next night we did it. We got, I think there was over 50 kids got filled with the Holy Spirit. They came to the front and they all, we all laid hands on all of them. And all of a sudden you hear these kids that were, you know, all gangster. Man, I ain't doing any of this. And all of a sudden they'll go so cool, blah, 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 blah. And just seeing them do it. Woo, man, it got exciting. Now the thing about that is, I, so I'm talking about the drawing. You don't just leave them there. Now for me, uh, because I was a boy, they, re they had trouble with men leaders in that camp. So they had asked me before we got there if me and the pastor that we were helping and working with would stay with a group of boys because there was they had no not enough. So for five nights, I had maybe two hours of sleep. There was a, when, when the boys get together, that place reeked like you would not believe. I mean, Fart Central was just it's the capital of fart right there. Zero sleep, but I remember after, you know, I said goodnight to Jamie because, I mean, we were also celebrating our one-year anniversary. <laughs> we did not get pregnant on that trip. <laughs> I remember going back to that room, the, the cottage that I was staying in. I think I had about 12 guys in there or something like that. And all those boys, I mean, all, every night they're doing different things. And they're causing ruckus and just all that kind of stuff. They were all sitting down in their beds, and they wanted me to lay hands on them again. Hey, can, can you do that again? I, just what that really opened up my heart to really see is how much the drawing is just as important as the reach. Not just to leave. Okay, well, now you're good. Matt, no, come on in. Let me, let me show you my life. Paul said it this way. Follow me as I follow him. And if somebody's following you, it means that they're right with you. 
Right? Jesus said it too. He said, I call the ones that I want. Like this is Mark 3, 13 through 15. Jesus called the ones that he wanted and said, come, accompany me and I'll send you out to now do the work. This is a big part because I know we got a lot of people that want to go out, but first come in. Right? You got to come in and hear, get the heartbeat, understand what's going on. Thirdly now then, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to pick this up just for time's sake. Lastly then is, is to lift up. So now reach out, draw in, lift up. And lifting up is simply, I am interested in bringing people with me in this journey to make room for them to flourish and to develop, to use their God-given dreams, their God-given talents, their abilities that God has placed in them, and to go further beyond everything that I could have even done. That's got to be the heart. Is that, man, we're here to reach, man, you go, keep going. This is what God's called in you. Call things out in people. David was an amazing king, but he was a lousy dad. Why? Solomon had no idea that he was called to be the next king. David never called those kings out of him. It takes a king to call out a king. Can you see that? There's things that you may see in people. Call it out in them. When you see some of those guys, man, they're servants and they're, they're shaking hands so friendly. Don't just go, that, that's nice. Man, that's, if you see something, man, man you, you really are hospitable. That's a ministry. You really just break down a whole barrier when somebody touches your hand. Thank you for that. When you call that into somebody... Man, that makes all the world. I remember especially first even coming into pastoring, not only did I have my parents, but I had other ministers come in and say, no, Joel, we see this. This is right. We see, we see the anointing on your life. We see the grace to do it. What that did, just go, okay, I, got, I can do this. I can do this. Meanwhile, I'll be sweating bombs in the back room. But when the, there's somebody believed me, they called that gift out, it gave me the authority now to operate in it. So let me encourage you at the same time, not only are we just reaching out, drawing in, but now we're calling out those giftings because Colossians 1 say that there's a Christ in us. Christ isn't Jesus, right? Did you know that? Christ does not mean Jesus. Christ is the anointing. You have an anointing on the inside of you. Call it out. When you see it in your children, call it out. That's something that we're doing with our kids on a regular basis. Jace, I see this leadership gift in you. Call it out. Max, I see this kindness just dwelling in you. Call it out. What you're doing is you're pulling on that. You're making a demand on that anointing that's in them so they can actually flourish in it. That's the whole purpose. And I think one of the greatest men in the Bible is Joseph. Jesus is earth dad. He is probably the most unrecognizable, not really talked about kind of a guy. But you think about it, his whole plan for life, his whole, what he wanted to do, he got the girl, he's ready to get married to her. All of a sudden, God made me pregnant. What? God made me pregnant. Yeah, good one. We should be on Mari, right? <laughs> Who is the real dad? And everything is just now coming in. Like His life has drastically changed. Think about it. The girl you love, now she's pregnant by God? crazy not only that too but then god says okay when all uh, when he figures out okay yeah no uh i actually am the dad joseph so chill out now i want you to flee and go to egypt <laughs> and you don't see in joseph you don't see him going oh god it's, i want to do what i wanted to do his entire life was completely and radically changed because of this one instant but here's the thing he was open to it and because of this man, Joseph made a way for the king of kings to come in, to establish his kingdom, to die for the sins of, of all mankind for eternity. And now look at this. Joseph paved a way for this boy to be safe. Thank you, Joseph. Now just think about it. How many different men and women, you may not even realize, you may be 
raising up the next business leader that is going to affect millions for the gospel. You may be raising up the next teacher that is going to teach truth into kids' lives and show them the kindness of God, which is lacking in that generation. You may be raising up the next Billy Graham. You have no idea. And I think one of the greatest examples for me is Jamie and I had the privilege of going to New York, New York Metro Ministries in New York City. And Pastor Bill uh, Wilson. Anybody know Pastor Bill Wilson? Anybody heard that? Uh, fantastic. Love, love the man. What an amazing thing that he's does. He's a radical kind of a guy. And I like that. Uh, but his story was he was a 12-year-old teenager kid and uh, his mom, they were living at the Florida at the time, his mom threw him on the front curb of some store and says, you stay here and don't leave until I come and get you. He was there for four days. Four days, four nights, and some Christian man kept driving back and forth on, you know, to and from work and he stopped and looked and just said, son, are, are you okay? Like, do you got food? Or, like, he's had nothing for four days. And he said, I'm just waiting for my mom. And he said, son, come on in, because he knew that he knew the area of town, all that. So come on in, brought him in, took him into his home, stayed with him for a few days, and then sent him off to a Christian camp. He got born again at this Christian camp. To this day, Pastor Bill has reached over millions of children with this ministry, Metro Ministry, across the word, world of all these kids who are living you know, in um, morgues, cemeteries, sorry, not morgues, cemeteries, they're like in the, the, just the backstages of all these places, but they're reaching them because of one man reached out, drew in, and lifted up this little 12-year-old kid. So Pastor Bill, when we were with him, he actually said, he, people kind of think that I'm going to get credit for all this. Yeah, sure, there's something happens. But this Christian man, he chose me. He called me out, lifted me up. So he said, guess who's getting credit for all the salvations that are coming through is this, this, this man who was keep driving to and from work and he just reached out, drew in and said, oh, let's, you, you need to meet Jesus. You, just think about that. What an effect that is. So you have no idea who you're influencing, who you're affecting on a regular basis. Amen? So my last thing that I want to just make mention here but it all comes down to this, is we have to have a mindset of we are church builders. We're here to impact the kingdom. We're here to advance the kingdom. We're not here to build impact life church. That may come, but listen, I'll tell you this, that's not my motive. My motive is not to have a huge, massive church. Then I'll feel good. Like This is something that I had to work with, honestly. I'm telling you now from my, my white chair talks that I've had with the Lord. I had to get that sorted because to me, the only felt that success that I'd have is if we had a bigger church. The Lord had to get that rid of me. That's the wrong motive. That's the wrong way of doing it. What's the motive? I want to effectively reach out. I want to effectively draw in. And I want to lift people up because together, together, I say together, we can do it. Together, we impact generations for Jesus. It's not just me. Not just Jamie and I. It's not just our team. It is the whole collective body grabbing hold of this is what we're here to do. We're here to reach. We're here to draw. We're here to lift. And man, if we do all that together, guess what? There is no stopping us. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Why? Because this is the God-given vision. And last verse I'm going to give you. For your own reading's sake, Second Samuel chapter 9, verse 1-13. through 13. I encourage you. It talks about David and saying, who can I show the kindness of the Lord to? And he talks about Mephibosheth, and it's a fantastic story. But if serving is below you, then impacting someone's life is above and beyond you. Galatians 6, 3, it says this, if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Wow. The Bible said that. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. I just, man, that was a... You see that New Living Translation? There it is. <laughs> I just go, okay, Lord, 
Right here, if you think you're too important to help somebody, you're fooling yourself. And I don't want to fool myself. Who's the biggest fool on the block? The guy who's fooling himself. That's not going to be me. So what does that say? I am not that important to help somebody. No matter where it is. While I'm getting Starburst at Walmart, if the Lord says, I need you to go and talk to this person, and just maybe it's a smile. Maybe they just need some encouragement. There have been times where the Lord says, I need you to tell them about me now. But this is now me participating with him on a regular basis. Not just I know him, but I want to put that knowing into good work. Can we see that? Yeah. Cool. Did you want to say anything? I see you. No, you're, oh, okay. Uh, and just lastly, now we can oh, take a little break. Woo, that was good. Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.